Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. My name is Miles Dawson. I am your host today. And today we're going to be talking about cloud native application development and deployment. Uh, to help us with this, I do have a, a wonderful guest on the podcast with me today. Uh, his name is George Miraniscu. Hello, George. How are you? Hey, Miles. Good to be here. Fantastic. Uh, George, I wonder if you could give our listeners a quick overview of your role at IDC and what you cover. Sure. So I call it the research practice around what we call um, accelerated application delivery in Europe, um, which is the umbrella for a series of domains. Uh, it covers things like app development and deployment, uh, DevOps, application transformation, application modernization programs of custom app estates, automation strategies that pertain to developers and, uh, and open source, open culture. Yeah, quite a bit of ground. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, it's great to talk to you today about this particular topic around cloud native app dev and deployment. But for our listeners who may not be familiar with this concept, um, there can be quite a few different interpretations of the term cloud native. So could you give us IDC's definition of what it is and how app dev and deployment is linked to it? Sure. So we don't have a definition per se. It's not you know written in stone anywhere because these things evolve. But for us at IDC, uh, as we defined cloud native actually early last year, uh, is the intersection of three elements. It's microservices and containers and DevOps. And I'll take them just quickly one by one. Um, so on the microservices dimension, you know, you have to uh, run things into pieces. You have to break, you know, that rigid monolith uh, that development teams had to deal with for a couple of decades, I would say. Uh, and, you know, if you're able to do development and deployment of a piece of uh, application functionality, which is part of a larger application, and to be able to do that uh, independently of what other teams, other developer groups are doing on the same application, then that's part of cloud native, but it's not everything. To be, uh, you know, full cloud native, you also need to have that container element. You need to be able to insulate the application environment independent of the infrastructure which is beneath it to achieve three things. First of all, to achieve application scalability, so to be able to scale the app really fast. And the other points are to, you know, be able to port and to safeguard the app environment irrespective of the app state. And then... The, the last point, of course, uh, around DevOps, if you do things in a waterfall fashion, so in a, let's say, a conveyor belt type approach, then you're not really doing cloud native. You're not taking advantage of the promises uh, that cloud native has to make on the market. And and I know, you know, it's a bit, it sounds a bit puristic, you know, microservices plus containers plus DevOps. But when we look at the uh, the organizations uh, that are doing this, they're they're definitely heading for for these three key dimensions in a coordinated and aggregated fashion. Definitely, definitely. So, let's let's say, for example, that I'm the kind of uh, leader of a European enterprise. Why would I look at this? What what are the key benefits for my mm. business to go down this route? Yeah, that's a good question. So we see from the research that we've run so far, we see that there's uh, three main benefits that that clearly um, arise from cloud native. The first one uh, relates to or is the expectation that you know with cloud native organizations can free up resources and time to do actual development to contribute net new code versus uh, you know maintaining an existing code base 
three out of four organizations will say that. So this is pretty overwhelming in terms of uh, what people think about the benefits on, on cloud native. And, and I think this is because, you know, cloud native is seen as a facilitator uh, to that objective where, you know, development as a function, as an organizational function, um, creates new value for the organization uh, where development is basically an essential part of, of the product innovation capability versus, uh, you know, being that uh, entity which which basically is a cog in a, in a machinery that keeps the lights on. So that's one, one important, you know, promise benefit uh, with cloud native. The other one that we see is around ability to, to iterate faster and, and to reduce the cost of experimentation. Uh, one in two companies in Europe will uh, will go for cloud native because of this big promise. And we get why that is, uh, you know, when you look at, you know, consumer apps, like for instance, Google Maps, where you see that, the, you know, they adjust the features in the in the mobile app or in the web application, web environment every week. And they're able to do things like what the people in the branch say or call A-B testing, which is basically you test a functionality, an application functionality with consumers in different parts of the world. And you see how those people react. You know, th this is something that the commercial and business to business world is aspiring to do. And I think it's also got to do with, you know, hyper agility. So this notion of hyper agility or building hyper agility, we've been talking about it at IDC for, I think, two or even maybe three years now. And, and it's about um, the ability to basically uh, release a new code into production, push new functionality into an application uh, weekly or even, even more than that, even daily. Uh, and and again, a good example would be you know um, consumer apps like like Google Map uh, or or Amazon, right? This is something uh, that you know companies uh, are heading towards to because they they realize that if they don't do it in the you know in the next uh, five years or so, then they are unlikely to be around towards the end of the decade. And then the the last benefit around cloud native is uh, business flexibility. You know, close to half of the organizations we uh, surveyed around cloud native in Europe identify cloud native as a way to improve um, their position to cope with structural changes in the business. Definitely, I mean, the structural changes in the business is particularly relevant at the moment with the uh, the COVID nineteen outbreak. Exactly um, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, if you if you had a kind of um, set on-premise kind of uh, development house and all of a sudden you have to send all your developers home and the whole thing becomes a lot more complicated, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, speaking of that then, so uh, with the market in Europe, um, how is it doing for this cloud native application development? How, how mature would you say Europe is in this mm -hmm. area? We're we're really in the early phases of transitioning to to cloud native. The, the majority of the companies uh, here in our region say that they do less than a quarter of the custom apps that they have in their clouds in a in a cloud native fashion so you know going back to the definition or you know the perimeter that i defined for for cloud native so if it's you know less than a quarter of the apps that they have in the cloud it means we're really in the early days because the apps that are in the cloud there's just a portion of them that have been shifted from, let's say, you know, tra traditional environments. So there's, let's say, this probably decade-long journey 
to true cloud native. And then, you know, of course, you, probably people will ask, how come, you know, uh, less than a quarter, what's happening with the other 75% that are in the cloud? The other 75% of the apps are probably a combination of, you know, rehosting, so lift and shift from traditional environments uh, to cloud environments, but probably those applications are not broken into microservices. They're still monolithic or some of them might be broken into microservices, but they might not be containerized. There, there's probably combinations, but the full vision of what cloud, true cloud native is, we're, we're, we're heading there. I think it's just partially or uh, modernized, let's say. What I would also say is that, uh, because you've asked me you know, about maturity, so we looked where is cloud native happening? Is it happening across the whole organization? Is it, uh, do users do it just in specific areas of the organization? The majority we see that they tend to have uh, their cloud native application development and deployment done uh, in innovation centers or innovation labs, in centers of excellence, uh, generally in silo parts uh, across the organization. But the interesting part is when we asked these companies we talked to, uh, where do they see themselves uh, moving? There, there's a clear appetite to shift from, you know, doing this cloud native just in pockets of, of the company towards, uh, you know, a more structured, a more strategic fashion. And uh, over 60% of the companies we uh, we surveyed said that uh, they project that they will do cloud native in an integrated fashion by next year. Now, if that's happening, if that's going to happen, we don't know. But this clearly shows that there's a race there. People are definitely heading towards it. There's and there's the appetite for it. Okay, so it's, it, the the intention is for this to grow quite significantly. But um, do you think this is mainly a public cloud thing? or are enterprises doing this within their own private clouds? Yeah, and this was a surprise to us when we uh, got the results from uh, the survey we've done around cloud native. The split is actually half-half in Europe. So cloud native application development deployment, that's you know half of the activities a company on average is doing uh, happens in a private cloud platform and half on the public cloud platform. And, Again, this came as a bit of a surprise to us, and I think that is because, you know, if you look around in the marketplace, particularly towards the vendors, you see all this rapid-fire release of capabilities in, in the portfolios of, of public cloud vendors. And also, you know, when you think about it, in principle, doing cloud native in the public should be easier because, you know, the environment is already there, it's set up, you just go and you do development. And we would have thought that, okay, it's probably, you know, the, the clear majority of uh, cloud native is happening in the public cloud, but it's not the case. And, and I think that's also because here in Europe, in our region, private cloud is a reality. And, you know, companies are doing it for a variety of reasons that, you know, can range from confidence to, of course, the, the usual suspects, which, which are privacy and security for, for us in, in, in Europe. Uh, they're doing it for pricing reasons because very often uh, public cloud platforms are perceived as expensive. Uh, to run production grade workloads there, uh, or they do it for strategic reasons. So things like you know not putting all the eggs uh, in one deployment model basket, uh, sort sort to speak. 
so so that's why it's it's probably this half half uh, in terms of split between cloud native in public and private cloud platforms. The interesting part I would say is not just uh, this split now, but the projections. This will not change. So the indications are that this that companies will stay in this sort of mode for quite some time. Uh, and of course, the obvious uh, thing that probably a lot of people will pick up from here is okay. So you have half of your cloud native in the private, half of your uh, cloud native activities in the public, how do you manage all those? And this shows that people are geared towards going hybrid. So hybrid is there to actually, to basically maximize the, um, the enterprise value of having uh, these workloads uh, in very different locations and probably also very different clouds. Uh, so, you know, you need something, you need a, a, an environment, a hybrid environment to be able to integrate those workloads uh, to operate them seamlessly, and and that's something that that hybrid is uh, is doing. No, definitely, I think that's the um, the future of the kind of multi-cloud approach, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, let's let's look on the other side then. Say, if if you if if I'm this um, this enterprise we were talking about earlier, and I'm looking into doing this, um, what do you think are the the common pitfalls or the challenges that I could be facing um, if I start up a strategy like this? Yeah. Uh, we we looked at a range of things. We looked at things like you know cost, skills, uh, architecture, uh, likely disruption in the business, governance, security. Um, so we tested all these dimensions with the people that are actually doing cloud native. And what what came out as the biggest pain points in cloud native were first of all two things, and then at the second secondary level another one but there were these three things and these three things are uh, putting in place uh, the right framework architecture apparently that's very hard uh, the other one uh, on par with with this challenge or this pain point was a lack of vision and limited understanding of the benefits and then at the secondary level it was changing the organizational uh, model now on the first two ones, so you know on getting the framework architecture right uh, we we can see why that is hard First of all, it's hard because uh, very few companies have done cloud native at scale. Uh, as I said, you know, it's typically happening in pockets of the organization, in you know, the center of excellence. And so because there's not many cases of organizations that have done it, there's not an abundant amount of success stories at scale. This is something where people cannot basically refer to some major success story, let's say. The other one is the availability of enterprise architects that have expertise in defining cloud native roadmaps. First of all, here uh, there's the skills dimension. You know, you don't, you have a certain uh, a limited amount, a number of enterprise architects uh, that have this expertise. And then it's about their understanding of uh, customer environments because every customer, of course, has their um, application landscapes, their investments in in specific tooling. Um, on the lack of vision and limited understanding of benefits, uh, this suggests that there, there needs to be done uh, more education towards the, the business and uh, and probably uh, more proof of concepts to demonstrate the, the benefits of cloud native, I would say. And then on the third pain point, changing the organizational model, I think this relates back to uh, what I was uh, referring to in the beginning. You know, 
if you don't do things in a DevOps way, if you if you're structured in uh, say in a waterfall fashion, then you're not going to achieve much. Uh, really, you you really need to set up the way you operate in such a way that you you encourage collaboration, you encourage you know people to push code back and forth between various teams, you know, test code, screen code, integrate code. This has to be fluid and has to be done in, a, in an agile uh, manner. Uh, and, and changing cultures, changing how people are set up in, in various organizations, this is not, not an easy thing to do. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, organizational change is always going to be the most complicated thing to get around um, with any um, enterprise, especially if they're entrenched in the way they're currently doing things. Um, so, George, that was fantastic. Thank you. Um, my last question is, uh, what do you think is is coming up next? What's, what's the next big thing um, with Cloud Native? Uh, of course, the, the next big thing, the disruptor, if you want to, uh, microservices and, and containers is uh, is serverless and event-driven architecture. This is seen as, uh, let's say, the, the cutting edge of Cloud Native or Cloud Native 2.0, if you want. But uh, we, we're still in the very early days with that in Europe, uh, despite the fact that it's been around, um, productized, I mean, in the marketplace for... Uh, Maybe five years now, I think AWS introduced Lambda as the first product in the market, first serverless product back in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and also, you know, if you look at the efforts uh, that the, the the vendor, the supply side have has been putting in uh, productizing other capabilities around serverless, this has been picking up uh, a lot. There's, a, there's quite a strong momentum there. But in terms of consumption from the end user side, uh, we're very early with it. So from the numbers we uh, gather from the market, a bit more than 60% of the organizations in Europe uh, have uh, either marginally experimented with it or have even not used it yet. So that means that you know it's 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 very early with uh, with it. But uh, like in the case of cloud native in general, we see th there's interest uh, in it. We see there's effort appetite to experiment with it and and, and to start to apply it in uh, in the business. Um, Seventy percent of the the companies we talk to said that they plan to become comfortable in using serverless and start to se to use it in select uh, part of their their business in in two years time from now. So it's it's very likely that it might move very fast despite the fact that it's uh, it's still you know uh, in the very early days of adoption well you'll have to come back and do another podcast with us um, when when it's started to pick up some speed <laughs> absolutely <laughs> brilliant and uh, george one last question as well i know i said my last one was my last question but this one's actually my last question um do you have any relevant research uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners that we can maybe put in the description of the podcast yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have this research stream, which is dedicated to cloud native. We have various documents published uh, in our research program. You know, um, your listeners, uh, Miles, can go and download our uh, cloud native application delivery Europe document and, and research paper that we've we published um, November, I think, last year. Uh, but I would say beyond cloud native, because uh, I'm not looking just at that, but also uh, at other things like open source. Uh, Jen, who is 
uh, the other lead of the practice looks very deep at, at DevOps. Basically, what we encourage the listeners is to check out the full research program that we do. Uh, our research program is called European DevOps Developers and Cloud Platform St- Strategy. So if you're interested in uh, in the stuff we do, uh, feel free to go online and, and, and check on all the, the content we produce. Well, if, if our listeners want to get in touch, they can always get in touch with uh, with IDC. Uh, if you yeah. want to share your opinions, guys, um, do head over to LinkedIn, Twitter or SoundCloud. So that's where we can be found. Um, and I do hope everyone found this interesting. I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today. Please do subscribe to the podcast as well. And hit the, uh, the subscribe button wherever you happen to be listening, whether it's Spotify, Acast or any other wonderful podcast app. Um, and thank you all very much. Thank you, George. It's been wonderful having you here. And uh, we'll hope to speak to you again very soon. 